0: Hello, lovely listeners. This is Lo, and this is a brand new episode of I Love Wellness, your favorite podcast about stuff. You know, we bring ladies in, sometimes dudes too, and we talk about our bodies, our minds. We have open and honest conversations. We break down stigmas, we get deep into those stories. Um, So I'm really excited for today's guest. She is all about food and wellness. She's super busy, she's an expert. (laughs) We have Rachel Krupa on the show. She's the founder and CEO of The Good Smart and Krupa Consulting. And like I said, she is a food and wellness expert. I feel like you do it all. I try to. <laughs>
1: you At have 20 you jobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's juggling. It's like, it's depending on what coast you are on.
0: But you are on all the coasts.
1: I know. It's, it's easier when you in New York. Because you have an extra three hours to work. Which yeah. Which is not the best, but it's also smart. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, so we're so excited to welcome you to the show. I'm really excited to get into the origin story of both of your businesses and hear about what it is exactly that you do. I think that Good Smart is fascinating. It's like a healthy alternative to quick stop shop stores, right? Yeah. Basically, we
1: say if 7-Eleven and Whole Foods had a baby, it would be the goods.
0: Oh my god, I love that. And she brought us snacks, you guys. What snacks are in that bag? Tell
1: me. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway, a trick of bat. it's a trick of goodies. It's,
0: it's a bag of snacks. She literally brought a bag of snacks. I love those Paleo Puffs. I like the ones that are the vinegar ones. Yes! Oh, I those for you, they're, they're the, the best cider. ones. Everyone My loves
1: them. boyfriend
0: and I, we try to eat really healthy, but that is our secret snack, and they're
1: like Cheetos. Oh, they're so good. Have you had Siete's like um, cashew queso? No. If you dip those in the cashew queso, <laughs> it's like this. It feels like you're just, it's like indulgent, but it's like actually better for you. I
0: love that. Yeah. Those vinegar Cheetos. What are those paleo puffs? Sorry. Vinegar paleo puffs. Shout out. Um, So you're the founder Mm -hmm. and CEO of The Good Smart. You also have Croup consulting. Um, So yeah, I just kind of want to get into the story of these businesses and really understand your perspective and also how you do it every day. Because like right before we started recording you guys, she was telling me about her April schedule where she was like in the desert five times. (laughs) So that's a lot. Um, Before we get into the episode though, we like to start off the show by doing something called secret ritual. Mm -hmm. So a secret ritual is the thing that you do that makes you feel great that nobody else knows about. We were talking earlier, do you remember the episode of Sex and the City where Charlotte is like, I have to look at my pores for an hour every night and that's what I do for myself. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Totally. So tell us your secret ritual.
1: I feel like I have a lot of rituals that I think people just, because I don't have much time, but I make time for them, mm. is more of I oil pull while I'm in the shower. What? It, it's 20 minutes and you're just like oil pulling as you're showering.
0: Take me back to oil pulling because this was a thing a couple of years ago. Yeah. Please explain to our listeners what it is that you're talking
1: about. So it, it is an Ayurvedic like method or system that you basically have coconut oil and you put it in your mouth and you basically like swoosh it around like mouthwash but you keep it for 20 minutes because your mouth is what they say it sounds gross but like the dirtiest part of your body gross. but you can pull toxins out with coconut oil so if you continue to like kind of gargle and wash your mouth out with it yeah. you actually are helping to detox your entire body from your gut up
0: how does that work exactly though?
1: You literally put a tablespoon of coconut oil in your mouth and...
0: But I'm talking about like the biomechanism oh. of like, how does it work? I think it And if just, you don't know, I that's okay. I have absolutely no idea. Because I don't idea. know either.
1: I have absolutely no idea. But ever <laughs> since I've done it, and I've been doing it pretty much for like the last two years, Yeah. it just makes you feel better. You know, when it's just like that start in the morning and it helps to detoxify everything.
0: When you spit it out, is it a weird color?
1: That's a gross question.
0: It's more just of a
1: <laughs> liquid. It's like, a, it's like, it comes, because I just use coconut Yeah,
0: because it's clear. Yeah. Most co- yeah, like coconut yep. oil and liquid is clear. Yep. But like, is it like yellow? No. It just stays clear. Yep. All those toxins. <laughs> Does your tongue get tired? Like, I think about doing that for so long, and I feel like it's a mouth workout. <laughs> After a while, maybe that's like the new face gym. Maybe. That you maybe actually that's why you have, have such like, a nice face. It's like a cheekbone type workout. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to start doing this. It's like the new... What are those things called? Gua
1: sha? Uh, it's like the gua sha or like the jade rollers. Yeah. It's, maybe it's like the internal version of it.
0: Yes, I love that. I have a gua sha and I actually prefer it to jade rolling. I don't know why, but like, like I like you it. Get those
1: little knots out in your like, you're, you're yes. like jaw.
0: And I feel like you can do your upper eyelid better with a little, you know, the small pointy end of the gua sha. Yeah. I like to put a face mask on. I do like... Um, jet fr- oh summer fridays is what it's called marion hughes company yeah and i do the blue one on my face and then i guasha, and that's what i do gua while it's on yeah oh it's really nice i might
1: have to do that tonight yeah okay so your secret ritual is oil pulling i have oil pulling and then i also dry brush before i get into the shower i love that
0: yeah. do you dry brush towards your heart
1: you always have to always go up <laughs> towards your heart I don't ever do it towards my heart. You don't? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know why. I feel like you just have to. And I think I also talked to a lymphatic drain specialist before. And it was always like you have to go towards your heart.
0: I'm just too lazy to do it that way. You know what I mean? I just get in there and I'm like, "Oh, I'm just going to brush my leg." I'm going to brush my arm, it's helping with your skin anyway. It's <laughs> It's totally in. Yeah, I feel like I'm using it more as like a exfoliating type of thing and less like, "Oh, I'm going to move all of this yeah. stuff into my lymphatic drainage system." But I think
1: it's just like being better. It's like you're doing something that's making yourself better.
0: Totally. Do you have a favorite
1: dry brush? There's, like, it's a multiple. Like, I, there's one from Goop that I really like. I have that one. Yeah. I like it's that one. It's like a good handle. I agree.
0: The handle on it is great. It lives it in If it doesn't have a handle,
1: then, you like, how do you get your back and your shoulders?
0: I had a dry brush once before, before I got the one from Goop, where the handle broke. And it was, like, so
1: devastating. That's and so then nice. the bristles started to come out. And sometimes they're too hard. And then you try and brush your skin, and you're like, ooh. Yeah. It actually hurts more than makes it feel, like, the... Tingy. Yeah.
0: The one that I got, they gave me at the Greenwich Hotel at the spa down there. Ooh. So they have a dry brush massage there where it starts with dry brushing and then it's the real massage. And it is the most relaxing massage in New York City. Shout out to the spa at the Greenwich Hotel. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's really expensive, but it is really... Really? Like, if you do it for yourself
1: once a year, save up for your dry brush massage. I'm, do it on your birthday. I'm going to do that. Have you ever been to Surya Spa no. in the Palisades in L.A.? uh uh-uh. That's where it's like the Ayurvedic Spa where I learned to oil pull. Oh, wow! You have to go there. It's like five days. It's more expensive, but afterwards you feel... Like a million bucks.
0: Is it like a retreat type of spa? You like go, you go and you check in?
1: You don't check in. You go every day for a half a day for five wow. days straight. But it's like two women massaging you in synchronicity. Wow. And it's just like then you'll have like three different services at one time. Could you do like a three-day program?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there's like, like, okay. You can do like- Because I'm thinking maybe I like take my mom for her birthday, but I don't think she could handle five days at the spa. You can do three days. Oh my God. I love this. Mm -hmm. This is a great idea. Um, Okay. So I want to hear more about your business and I love your secret rituals. Now I'm going to go home and do oil pull when I get home just to see how it goes. Try it. Also, does it make your breath like smell great? It,
1: Sorry, my last question no, about oil pulling. I think that it makes your your mouth, like you know what sometimes you wake up in the morning and you have like more of like the morning breath, yes. like morning mouth? I feel like after you do oil pulling after a while, you don't have that. Really? It's just like, it just makes everything, it just seems cleaner.
0: That's very interesting. You know how people are washing their hair less? And it, you don't have to wash it as often. Yeah. Maybe it's the same kind of concept. It it does. It helps whiten your teeth too. Yeah, I've heard that it helps to whiten your teeth. Very interesting. Okay, so let's talk about Krupa Consulting first. Yeah. Because whenever I hear somebody like has a consulting agency,
1: I don't know what the fuck that means. (laughs) By the way, I'm just being honest. (laughs) Me too. I and it it I started it without knowing, without the intention of making it what it is now. It was a means to my next job. Which is why it was, Krupa is my last name, and consulting was like, oh, I'll just work on a couple clients until I find what my next job is. Snowball nine years later. There's 15 people that work at the agency, and mm-hmm. we work with amazing food and wellness clients. Before, we started off as two restaurants.
0: Interesting. Without
1: any intention. And you're like, all these amazing clients are coming our way. Mm-hmm. We thought about it at one point to be like, do we do Krupa Company? Do we do... Like we were going to change the name, but everyone understood us. But then now, nine years later, people are coming to us more for marketing, branding, strategic partnerships where it's not just PR anymore. Sure. So I think the universe like kind of made it Krupa Consulting in the beginning to foreshadowing for what it is now
0: so tell me about the origin story of that business you said it was like your intermediary thing and now it's one of your full time things because the good smart is your other full time thing so I'm always really interested when I talk to people who are in the PR world because it's a very interesting landscape Mm -hmm. of you know you're getting your clients out there you're protecting your
1: clients I feel like you're like the keeper of secrets do you know what I mean yeah. Do you agree? I think it just depends on the type of PR. Mm. We do food and wellness. So, started my career, I went to school for PR, did multiple, like tried sports PR, tried political science, um, but then landed an internship with Lizzie Grubman in New York. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was an amazing Power Girls. Yes, you were on Power yes. Girls. <laughs> but she was an amazing teacher um because I was from a small town in Michigan and it was just my first more real job in PR and mm-hmm. she was an amazing teacher and took me under her wing and introduced me to everyone that she knew. Yeah, high powered lady is amazing and just knows everyone. Yeah. Um, so she took me under her wing for five and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's where I started my career more in nightclubs and celebrity driven events and restaurants.
0: Like were you at butter?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Butter, marquee, bungalow eight, you know, star room in the Hamptons, like old school days. But it was so much fun in your early twenties. It was just like
0: Oh my god! I a know a fixture
1: in a nightclub. That I mean, dancing on a banquet was the best thing that you could have done. But it was like how totally. we networked. Yeah, of it course. was before social media. But it was like a real way to connect with someone. You're just like dancing with someone. And you're like that was the best time ever. Let's be friends forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that just became a lot. You know, <laughs> it's just going out for five years. You straight. become
0: 28 and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yes, I cannot literally do this anymore. <laughs> yes, basically.
1: Um, And then I moved to L.A. um, and opened up another agency that Mm -hmm. was New York based and it was more a restaurant. So that was more of like Michael Mina's like 14 and Philippe Chow and did stuff with um, the Tao Group in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after three and a half years with someone, it was more of like. I have one rule in life. If I'm not happy with what I'm doing every day, why am I doing it? Sure. I can figure out money if I need to do a service industry job or something. Totally. Um, and so I just decided it was done. And that's when Krupa Consulting came. Um, and it was just like an initial, it was more restaurants and things that I knew. Yeah, of course. It's like, how do you become passionate as a publicist of people will look at you as salesperson or just like kind of like, Mm, Do you really care about things? Mm -hmm. But through Krupa Consulting, we took that as a lens of how do we use our voice as publicists actually to do better in the world? So choosing to work with restaurants and brands and wellness that are actually looking to have better ingredients. They know where things are being sourced from. There's a consciousness up from the founder to create amazing brands like just like yourself where it's just like the ingredients going inside of it is so important. Right. But then that story behind it is even more. So how do we use our voice to tell that story mm-hmm. to actually choose products to work with that are looking to do good rather than just being out in the world? Than just existing. Yeah. And just
0: being consumed. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I know that you've had a lot of really like ho- high-profile clients. I think our listeners are really curious to get sort of like the insider stories from the people yeah. that we have on the show. Because yeah. a lot of the women that we have on are like amazing entrepreneurs. They're business owners. And they can give really good insight um, kind of into the world that we're all navigating, but from a consumer point of view. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like when you work with a big brand – are you so excited? Like, how does the, what does the process look like of, hey, you know, like, because I know that at one point you were working with Goop. So Mm -hmm. like, how does that process happen for anybody that like wants to be a publicist? Like, walk me through how you onboard a client. Yeah. So
1: I'm curious. Yeah. Goop was just fun because through all the clients that we worked with over the years, we've always pitched them and they were always like, oh, you have all the really great wellness clients we're launching a wellness vertical, mm-hmm. do you want to do the PR? And we're like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let us submit a proposal. So normally it's submitting a proposal, it's talking, giving them ideas of how you would want to take it, what makes yourself different than other agencies mm-hmm. in regards to everyone has the same like contacts more editorially. Sure. So it's what makes you special. Mm-hmm. So are those strategic partnerships, is it different brand activations, is it the relationships and like what is that think, pro- what is that thought process that goes inside of it mm-hmm. that you're doing things that are extra special. Right. Um, and so then it's just like brainstorming and looking at a product and looking outside the norm. So you can do wellness driven things, but like, how do you get like say goop and the wellness vertical, how do you do more travel with that? How do you, how do you differentiating each one of the verticals that they had from, you know, um, I'm so effing tired or, you know, all of like balls in the air. So how do you talk to that person that needs that that vitamin regime, mm-hmm. and then who do you tap into that?
0: Typically, do you find that brands know what they need, or do you have to come in and do a lot of like the creative work from that perspective?
1: We love to hear what the brand needs, what outlets that they really want, what mm-hmm. are their goals. But then on top of that, it's layering that and pushing them maybe even further, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's what a really great publicist does is listen to the client because you have to listen to what their needs are, but then help them elevate what their needs are even more mm-hmm. and have them look outside the box. Where, example, we helped with Taryn Toomey for a really long time who mm-hmm. is this amazing I'm wellness girl. She's just, yes, and ha! it's like using that voice. And sometimes now <laughs> when you're stressed, you're like, ah. Yeah. And you have to I do, do it that. in the
0: morning just in my living room sometimes. Yes, you
1: have to. <laughs> um, and it was with her when she was launching her first studio, it was like everyone wants New York Times. And you're just like, Taryn, what if we think outside the box and what if we do the New Yorker as your first like exclusive and it was before the new yorker really did so much of like wellness coverage Mm -hmm. and it was just like okay taryn i think we have this like are you cool with it with me doing that she's like if you think it's gonna be great let's do it yeah so we ran with the exclusive of you know the new yorker first and it was like that iconic picture the caricature of her like actually doing her movement of like screaming as like a yeah you know in the new yorker like you're like. Icon. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> exactly. So it's those moments that you also have to push your client a little bit more to be like, what about this? Everyone's doing this, but what if we take a, a next level or what if we look at a different way to launch that's not... It's not custom of, like, everyone else in that, not traditional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that perspective. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I've worked with a ton of publicists, and so much of it is just the run-of-the-mill stuff. It's yep. just like, oh, this is it, you know. Um, so it's exciting to, you know, talk to you because I think that you have had the opportunity to work with such cool people and do things that are outside the box. So mm-hmm. I think that that's really exciting. I applaud you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know how most publicists are, you know what I mean? It's just a dime a dozen kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but that's, like, I... I think what also like the it's it's such a stigma that I think that as publicists it's like we just try to erase a little bit too yeah where everyone is really great and I think that there are some that it's like in every industry that there's some that are not necessarily like the dime of the dozen Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of incredible people out there that are really helping build brands and I think that the PR team if there is a great PR team behind a brand or a person Mm -hmm. that person is actually going to accelerate and build their brand faster
0: yeah no absolutely I agree with you um so let's transition to talking about the good smart because I think that this is such a great concept so there's one in New York and there's one in LA and it's in Silver Lake right yep and then the one here is in Soho yep how did you come up with this and how the fuck do you run two businesses at once? Because <laughs> I run Love Wellness full-time and then I come to podcasts and I the girls love me. I'm like literally on my phone every time we're not <laughs> recording. It's hard.
1: It's, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but I think it's – I was able to open up the goods because I have an amazing team at Krupa that I have built and I have two women that have been with me for seven years Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for them and, like, the team behind me at Krupa, I wouldn't have been able to open up the goods. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also looking at the team that you're able to have with you to support you in order to do more. And I think that's, like, the golden rule for everything is, like, you need a supportive team in order to help you achieve your goals. I guess
0: what's really fascinating to me is, you know, you have this food background because of the restaurants that you've worked with. But starting a retail business, especially a <laughs> essentially a grocery store. Yes is in a completely different category yeah. that requires so much knowledge and information. So did you hire the right people from day one or did you actually go through the process of
1: figuring it out? It was a combination of both. Mm. It is, it's one of those things where it's also that believing of you have to love what you do every day, but I also believe that you have to do every task and learn everything so that you know your business better than anyone else. Um, but it was hiring. So we had an amazing consultant that um was formerly at Thrive Market. Oh awesome. um, Yeah. that helped with like the operational standpoint Mm -hmm. and is there as like a rocket helping me guide within that space. But it looks somewhat different with PR in like the regards to like opening up restaurants, but we also work with food brands. Mm -hmm. So we've been in that inner workings of food brands and helping them launch we know ingredients and that was more of the catalyst for the goods. It Mm -hmm. was that understanding the brands that there is a better version of everything that is in a traditional convenience store or mini-mart, but no one was, like, having it. You would always have, like, a small, like, natural organic section, and it was just, like, why is that? It's
0: like one little shelf. Yeah,
1: why is that one little shelf? Why is that the one that's a little bit alienating? Why is that, like, oh, you're organic? When you could actually have a full store that had everything in it, and it's rather than looking at it as, like, that's, like, a one shelf, but in the whole store. And, like, if you can have better ingredients at a very, comp- like, a comparable price, then everyone is going to eat better and have less chemical and processedness in their, in their bodies.
0: hmm So, when you started this business, was this something that you w- wished existed? Like, did you problem solve for yourself? I. I- like, so many entrepreneurs do. Yeah. They have this problem, but I'm not sure, like, are you running around so much and you're so hungry <laughs> that you
1: needed your own I super always have hungry. snacks with me, always. <laughs> um, you know what? It was more of um, growing up in a small town in Michigan where we would have our... our local gas station because where we're from sure. is, like, a population of 1,200. So Well, I feel
0: like most of America, like, the
1: gas station is one of the stores that you shop at primarily for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, and so that was, like, my place that I have so many fond memories of. It was just, like, you would get that candy bar. You would know mm-hmm. – see your, like, your school teacher. You would see, like – That guy that you were crushing on in high school walking in and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go there every day and just like (laughs) sit there. But it was just like as I moved from New York and LA, like there's such an amazing bodega culture, but sometimes it seems more transactional than community driven. Mm -hmm. And so that was more of like the lens of what the goods was started to be where it was more of a community hub where you had amazing and incredible food and things that actually could, in like a bigger picture, I want to change the food system. Yeah. I want to make better and healthier options more available for more people. And that is opening up and creating a store that is inviting for everyone. Yeah. So that's why we have a $1.25 drip coffee from La Cologne. I love that. You know, so it's like everyone can come in and like coffee is what connects us. But if we can remove, say, a Maxwell House or a Folgers, because like the beans that – are in the product, it, there's not like a transparency within that. Mm-hmm, of course. But then if you have like La Colombe that knows where their beans are being sourced from and like they have a really high quality product mm-hmm. and you can make that price affordable for everyone, mm-hmm. you're going to get every type of person coming into the store for that need of coffee.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did you beta test
1: this at all? No. You just went for it. It, it was like I drove by this, it looked like a really crappy store in Silver Lake <gasps> and there was a Fort Lee sale on it and I was like, it looks like a Home Depot like for lease sign, not like a wow. J-Lux or anything like a shiny. Hey J, like, I know J. Right? It's like not like a J-Lux type <laughs> building. And so you're like, that's going to be cheaper than something else. And so I called and I was actually sitting out front of, it's, it's like Maman in, in Soho. And I mm-hmm. called this guy and he was like, I'm like, so I want to open up this, like, convenience store. Can you tell me more about this space? Not knowing even what to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never leased sure, a building. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh, it used to be a drive through Mini in Deli in, like, the 70s. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm back tomorrow. Can I? We see it at 4 o'clock. Yeah, totally. Um, and I opened up, and he opened up this, like, kind of a garage door, and it literally had a 70s, like, back of refrigerator, gold, like, trim doors. like. <sighs> Like, some old, like, you know, convenience store-type signs in it. And yeah. it was just, like, the most beautiful space. And it was just, like, I need it. And it was just, like, okay, it's going to cost X amount of I'm, like, I am in the process of working on a bank loaner of line of credit from the bank. I was not sure and I was just like can you put it on hold for me just trying to figure out like how do I do <laughs> can this? you
0: put it on hold for me just can you like put it this on dress hold? yeah exactly <laughs> and you're just like
1: okay let me just figure out how to do this and then it was like calling on to all the clients that I had throughout the years from the PR that totally. have built out restaurants they have built out everything of being like hey what do I do mm-hmm. like and they're like you need a contractor I'm like okay who is the contractor that you love and going towards the clients that are a little bit more particular because if they love a contractor, then you know, they're good.
0: Totally. (laughs) And then
1: like asking friends of who are designers that I should use? Like, what is the vision? What's the name going to be? Um, and so it was just asking questions and asking for help. And it's the same thing. It's just, you have to ask your, your contacts being like, can you help me? I don't know what to do. This is what I want to do. And then it's creating those pillars that are non-negotiables for you. And those were our pillars of health of all the things that we don't have in the store. I find that, you know,
0: you have to get really good at asking for help. It's like a muscle that you have to learn how to flex. But then once you do, asking for help is one of the most powerful things you can do. Mm -hmm. It's a sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. No.
1: And I think it's like being able to figure out what to ask.
0: Mm -hmm. Because
1: sometimes there is that still like the same ask of like, oh, I can't ask that. You yeah, know, But it's being able to like do it comfortably and confidently mm-hmm. and understanding that if the answer is, no, I'm sorry, I, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. It's not looking at it as that they hate your idea. or Totally. They hate, it's just like a matter of it's not the right timing. Mm-hmm. And I believe that timing is a lot of everything too.
0: Yeah, I think so. So in New York specifically, have you guys gotten any backlash from New Yorkers that are like, no, I'm going to my bodega? Because there was a concept that was floated that got a lot of negative press. I think it was called Bodega. Yeah. So have you gotten like pushback from the community like on your concept or do you you find that people really embrace what you're trying to do?
1: We haven't gotten any negative and I think it's that we're looking at really building the community and looking at Mm -hmm. how do we do better because I also love bodegas and I think that they exist for the reason because they're so fun yeah and they're so amazing and you just like always just want to talk to the people that are working behind it Mm -hmm. and I think what we're doing is just like looking at it in a different lens yeah um and going about it in a different way and I think that we can all coexist together so you respect bodega culture oh I think it's like the coolest culture in the entire world me too I loved
0: it I moved to New York I was like I love bodegas well it's
1: just like so fun and it's just like I always laugh because I'm like I need a bodega cat Oh like god, the bodega cats that, creep me out so bad. Yeah, but it's kind of there. Or like, I need that cat that's in the window with like the, the yeah, the, the thing. thing, the the arm, the moving arm, the moving arm cat.
0: Uh, yeah, I was in a bodega I don't frequent the other day on Sixth Avenue, and the. I didn't even know about bodega cats. My boyfriend clued me into this literally two weeks ago. We were in a bodega, and I saw a litter box that was underneath, like, the food service area. And I thought, oh, my God, what is happening? And there was cat poop in the litter box, literally no. underneath, like, in the corner of, like, the food service area in the back of the bodega. And I was like, this definitely, it's definitely 27 health code violations. And then Jimmy was like, yeah, babe, bodega cats don't you know that this is a thing? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? But of course it makes sense to, like, kill the little cucarachas and the rats and stuff that, like, inevitably are, like, going to come into your place. You but no I just didn't know – I did not know that the bodega cat was a thing.
1: Yeah, I think it's, like, a bigger size store. You might need one. Ugh. Like, there was, like, a time when we – before we even opened up the store and we were sitting and setting it up and had the doors open because it was September and we were setting everything up. And we were both sitting by the door and – a little guy ran in. Well, you're street level. It's, it's impossible, level. and so you can't. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The door needs to be shut at all times now. <gasps> oh my god, that's so
0: creepy. I hate that. Um, so I think let's move on from Bodega Cats. No,
1: they're so I, cute.
0: No, they're not. Oh my god. <laughs> don't talk about it anymore we're done bodega cats as the topic is officially gone i'm gonna remove it from my mind i don't know that they exist what i want to talk about next is how you do it all because owning and operating you're the founder and ceo of both businesses how the fuck do you do that
1: (laughs) it's time management or just trying to learn it um i also just love to work Mm -hmm. it's 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 something that i it's like if you're passionate about what you do every day is it really work like is this work right now no this is great You know, it's like those like fun things that you have to do. But I'm also really great about like self-care type things. Mm -hmm. I need to have regular IV drips um oh right what what do you mean by regular like once every one or like once a week or every two weeks wow you dedicate time to a weekly IV drip yeah do you do it in your office no there's a place uptown called clean market you go all the way uptown for your IV drip once a week yeah because you do and you bring your computer and you can actually sit in like the lounge chairs and yeah. I have massage chairs too oh wow and so you're massage chairing out and like Either getting an IV, doing emails, or just catching up with friends on the call. That's dedicated. I love yeah, that. It's multitask.
0: So you have like a a built out self care routine that it's, you follow. Are you like methodical about it?
1: I feel my best, and I'm able to do more by having a routine. Like mm. it's every morning. It's every morning. It's like getting up at like six or seven and doing a Pilates class, mm-hmm. and then you know having the morning routine and the rituals, and having like more of like. I love aromatherapy and always like have like sense on me just because from like a calming yeah. standpoint and having like a four o'clock, we have a client that is looking to launch like a lunch campaign about like, we've been doing research on like how much you have to take a lunch break, mm. whether that is walking around for 15 minutes or just getting out to eat something mm-hmm. of how much more productive you are. So I think yeah. it's through that. I've also learned like four o'clock every day I'm going out to either get something to eat or get a matcha, but walk around mm-hmm. for fifteen minutes just so that you have this like kind of division between work and your brain.
0: Breaking up your day. Yeah. I'm not very good at that. I have all these ideas of things I want to implement into my work life every day, mm-hmm. but I never do them.
1: I think it's you have to just slowly like peel back bath- that onion a little bit. Yeah. Be able to be more flexible with that because once you get it in your routine, Mm -hmm. it just like makes it so much easier.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean. I keep having this fantasy of like, I'm going to leave the building for lunch and like go take a walk, but it just never happens. Also though, for me, you know, I wish I was a routine person. I'm like the non routine person. My routine is no routine. But that's, I think that's like, probably what works best for you I guess it does but as a not routine person I just always have this like secret hope and desire that I can become a routine person and it just never
1: works <laughs> I think it's, it's for both sides I'm always like oh, I just want to go do that like how do I, like you just like like I have this secret passion that I always want to do brunches with people oh okay <laughs> I just never do you know yeah. where it's just like wanting me for brunch and I'm like nah, I'd rather go work out or do something else
0: yeah I know what you but, mean but like it
1: sounds so great
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I just wish I could, like, do fitness every day. But I wake up, and I'm like, I'm tired. Or like, oh, I'll do it tonight. And I just don't. Yeah. So maybe something that I need to do is put, you know, my daily walks, like, into my calendar. Like, build it into my schedule. Because I find that I run out of time. My schedule is stacked from 9 to 6.30 most
1: days. Yeah, but you have to. Like, I have Thursdays. Um, most weeks, it's not every week, just because depending on what I have, like I have a block from basically 6am to noon and I sit on my, sit at home. I Mm -hmm. love working from home in my bed. Me too. And so it's like 6 to noon, I work from my bed. And I don't do calls. I don't meet people. And I get more done within those six hours Mm -hmm. than anything else. But that's like time for me. But Mm -hmm. I'm still working. But I'm working from my bed.
0: Yeah. I really love your approach. Everybody has a unique way of how they handle, you know, the stress, the work environment, everything. And it sounds like you have a really healthy approach. I think I'm going to take some tips from you. Just
1: try little things. And that's the thing is like not everyone's going to – everyone is different. So – yeah. It's hard. It's hard to like just tell people what to do because mm-hmm. everyone has to work within their own thing and it's like the thing of being better, not perfect. Mm-hmm. None of us are perfect. So if we can just do the small things to make us feel a little bit better throughout the day, yeah, the littleness always adds up to something bigger.
0: Is that something that you, um, n- impose is the wrong word, but is this sort of um, what you suggest culturally for the people that work with you also? Like take time for yourself, like do nice things, like
1: take care of your body, take care of your mind. We try. It's so hard. We've, <laughs> we laugh about this it was a conversation we had in the office today where mm-hmm. New York, our New York office and the PR agency is really good about taking lunch breaks. Mm. They, I think it's just like a more walkable go get lunch. Sure. Sometimes they'll take a Pilates class. You know, you have to take time. Yeah. LA, it's so hard for them. I'm like, get out of the office. You have to get out of the office. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, we have so much to do. I'm like, you have to get out of the office. Yeah. And like, sometimes you have to put them in a timeout. You're like, you're leaving the office and it's like a fight sometimes. And you're just like, but you have to leave once you get this in your routine. Don't do it every day. If you feel like you can, I don't want to add more stress. But once you get out and start walking around, you're going to come back so much clearer.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think this is something that I want to implement at Love Wellness.
1: Why don't you at least... Get just... out of the office, everybody. But you have to. I put, grabbed a computer from one of the girls at some point. I'm like, I'm taking your computer. You can be on your phone, but you can't look at emails. And you can sit anywhere, but you can't be in front of your computer. Go have
0: fun for an hour.
1: But also like make it so you can't... <laughs> don't eat in front of your... in front, Totally. In front. First of all, A is gross. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at a keyboard of someone that eats in front of theirs? Yeah,
0: Amanda, our customer experience experience director cleans my computer for me literally every day she's like you're disgusting <laughs> so
1: at least take those like 10 minutes while you're like it, like most of us just like it sounds like it's like you shovel food in your mouth because it's just like a means to fuel your body totally rather than at least like take those 10 minutes and like flip through a magazine or look at your phone and look at social but it's like an active thing of like I'm not looking at emails
0: hmm. we're gonna have some new policies at love wellness slow baby steps yeah just implementing some new culture here yeah I'm really excited um okay let's wrap up the episode this has been great we like to finish the episodes by doing our wellness check so curious for you and we have talked a lot about what you do but what is the one thing that you cannot live without something that you've implemented in your life that has totally changed who you are oh shoot
1: um that's hard. I feel like I've, I've given a lot of my things. Um, mine is like working out. I have to work out every day.
0: Every day? Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's
1: like my workouts are yoga and Pilates where it's just I need that of my form of meditation. Yeah. your body. And moving I think that's body. moving my body. And sometimes if I don't, like I'm not killing myself over that, but I need to move my body and that's where I get most of my creativity and more of my ideas.
0: Mm. Does the the creativity happen while you're exercising or does the exercise provide you with a clarity of mind that led that then leads to these creative moments? It's normally while like mid
1: moving something. Really? Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And And then sometimes then you're like I have to remember this I have to remember this I have to remember this. Wow, I love that. yeah, it's that, and just um I also believe in that night I've been doing something else that it's like it feels like it's changing my life of like turning lights down low mm-hmm. because I just read a study where it's like blue lights are bad for you at night, yeah, and so turning all the the blue lights off and just having like a like a salt lamp or mm-hmm. candles just I, helps you ease into bed. I just got this product um, this is not an
0: ad. I just got the Casper glow and love it. So it's this, it's kind of like a nightlight. Basically, I got it because I was sold on the fact that it illuminates your room in the morning really slowly so you can replace your alarm clock with your Casper Glow. What I didn't know is that at night... You can set it to like light up and then start slowly turning down. And so I've been using it more at nighttime. I turn it on to like full brightness, and then over the course of an hour, it
1: slowly darkens the room. Wait, I love and that, and it is really great. I love that, but it remind me of like another thing. I think you probably you if you have your Casper Glow, yeah, is I don't understand how people still wake up to like. Alarming, like alarm, crazy sounds. noises. Like, you have to ease into the day at least a little bit. So, I always play like my favorite song or just like some type of like peaceful music to wake up to. Yeah, rather than that, like. it it jolts your
0: body. Oh, it's crazy. It's the worst way to start the day. I have for a long time now, I've been using the bedtime feature on the phone. Let me open it up so I can actually tell you. So here's what you do. You go to your clock on your iPhone and you click bedtime at the bottom and you can set your bedtime. And once that happens, your phone will not make any noise or vibrate anymore, which is really nice. You have to like, Get off your phone, so no more notifications. And then you set your wake-up time, and then the alarm noise is like this, and it starts really quiet, and then it gets louder. It's like... And it's so nice and soothing and calm. How great do you
1: wake up then? You're just like... I'm gonna ease into this day so much it's easier it's so much
0: nicer instead of then,
1: oh crap oh my gosh what am I doing what time is it what am I missed already it's a fire alarm it's yes. literally a fire alarm so, like no one should ever wake up to an alarm like that yeah it's that's one thing I think everyone should just like remove
0: yeah if you want a cortisol spike first thing in the morning stay waking up to your crazy ass alarm but now this is my this is my advice for the day use bedtime mode on the phone I love it and like it will change your life um, Rachel thank you so much for coming on the show where can our listeners find you find the goods. smart is it the goods
1: or the good smart it's the good smart the good smart i just always say the goods because the goods. it's just we have the goods the goods i love that yeah. and you brought us the goods I too did bring you some goods. all
0: right so tell us where everybody can find you
1: um i mean we can always find us on social mm-hmm. it's at the goods mart um or at krupa consulting or rach krupa is mine
0: i'm gonna follow all please do okay okay <laughs> all right you guys thanks so much for tuning in we'll chat next week